episode 21 of early stoppage i'm your host derek moody and on today's show i spoke with undefeated lfa lightweight contender keone Diggs. we talk about him getting bullied in his youth training with current and past champions finishing all of his fights and his predictions for several upcoming mma and boxing events i hope you guys enjoy this episode Joining me today is undefeated LFA lightweight contender, Keone Diggs. Welcome to Early Stoppage. Hey, hey, well, thanks for having me. All right. I'd like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So we'll kick this off with some random questions and work our way back to MMA. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite genre of music? Um, it's equal between hip-hop and reggae. Do you have a favorite artist? Current or all-time? All-time. I can't narrow it down to one person. You know what I mean? You got greats as like Tupac, Tupac, Biggie, Dr. Dre's early stuff. Well, like his first three albums, period. He didn't make that many, but like guys like that. Well, I've been listening for a while too. Maybe like Nipsey Hussle is probably one of my favorite too. Yeah, I like a lot of West Coast stuff for the most part. And then when you're talking about reggae, of course, like Bob. I got a lot of guys from like back in Hawaii that I really like, a lot of local bands. Some that are making it big. A lot of like Gregory Isaacs. Uh, Morgan Heritage is another one. Still Post. Those are like all-time greats. And then now, currently, a lot of like J-Bug and The Green. Some Revolution, Iration. Some of, some of those guys. All the Mar- Stephen Marley, them, his last couple albums are pretty fire too. But um, yeah, just, just to name a few. It's kind of, can go on and on and on and on. I love music <laughs> for sure. What's your biggest fear? Wasted opportunities and wasted time. What's your favorite cheat meal? Just depends on how I'm feeling. Like the list can go on and on. I love pizza. My weight was pretty good last night, so I had some ice cream. <laughs> ice cream last night, little twisted thing with Oreos. Um, um, I like all types of foods. All burgers, anything, anything. What's the last movie that you watched? Hmm. Damn, what's that movie we just watched one other night? We don't got cable, so I'm always a Netflix or Hulu guy. Cable's too expensive. <laughs> I agree. Shit. Last real good movie, because maybe those weren't that good enough, because I can't even mention it. It was last night. Uh, that movie wasn't that good. That's why. Damn, I forget what movie that was. There, There's so many that's running through my mind right now. Well, we'll just go with... Um, there was this Netflix movie. It's that girl from Sarah Marshall and Kelsey Grammer's, Grammer's her dad. I think it's like Father Who or something like that. I'm your father. He's the father. Something like that. Something with father in it. But it's a, it's a new release from Netflix. And you should watch it. It's pretty funny. Super funny. But it's the lead girl from Sarah Marshall and Kelsey Grammer, the guy from Frasier. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Super funny, though. What's your favorite sport aside from MMA? Basketball or boxing. Probably boxing. Yeah, I've been watching a lot more boxing than boxing, basketball, and football. I have to say, uh, as of right now, might be the best time in boxing, in my mind, since the 80s. Right now, there's so many good boxers. For sure. I think it was just, um, I don't know, if we look back at, at, at with the 80s with Tyson, maybe it was just, you know, the, the heavyweights always seem to gain a lot more attention. I think there's just been 
such a huge deficit of that for a clear cut. Like, I mean, we've had the Klitschko's, we've got Joshua and we got Wilder, but they weren't nowhere near to the levels as Tyson or even like Lennox in the early 90s and uh, some of those other guys, you know. But as far as boxing, for sure. And the 147 is crazy right now. 140 is anything from 146. I don't know. And 160s, eh. There's only one really premier fight right there you really want to see. I wouldn't mind seeing a Triple G and Danny Jacobs rematch as well. But, uh, like, 147 to 130 is crazy right now. Yeah, for sure. So many savages there right now. So many matchups to make. Oh, for sure. What's your What's your favorite one that you're looking forward to watching? Like a 2019 fight because you know the big ones are going to take a while to get there. If they could set up Mikey Garcia versus Errol Spence, I think that'll be a good one. Over, over T-Bud? You'd rather slip Mikey in there? In my personal opinion, I think T-Bud probably walks through all of them. Oh, that's a big statement. It's hard. It's so debatable. But the skill set is just like, it looks too easy. But then Errol Spence has that power. There's, Mikey's got power. There's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But I think, I think T-Bud might, might have the, the, the biggest skill set. So it's, it's a tough one, though. I just look at, I do see the adjustments are phenomenal. Terrence Crawford makes pre um, mid-fight, you know what I mean? Because Jeff Horn was touching him a little bit in those first couple of rounds, which I was very surprised. Even how Crawford came up on my radar was that fight maybe like five years ago, probably, with him and um, Yuri Orkis Gamboa. And I, I didn't even know, I was a big fan of Gamboa at the time. And uh, I didn't even know who Terrence Crawford was. I knew who he was after that fight. But but being was is how tough he was in the, the mid-fight adjustments. I can go back to Earl Spence has never even had to make those mid-fight adjustments because he's never, ever been in trouble. So I don't really know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I like them both equally. I watch both of them. It, I've got nothing but, like, you look at my YouTube search history, and it's nothing but Terrence Crawford training, Earl Spence training, trying to find breakdowns, trying to find little things I can steal, especially on my southpaw. So um, I, I do watch a lot of those guys equally, but just to play devil's advocate, that's how I kind of feel with that. I've never seen Earl Spence in trouble ever. I've never seen, even really been hit with a good shot. His defense is so tight, he just kind of really stays here the whole fight. So, you know, and, and T-Bud likes to clown a little bit. He'll stick his tongue out at, at you, put his hands down by his waist. He'll do some different things. So, I don't know. It's two different, two different guys, two different total guys. But I, that, for me, in my opinion, 2019, that's got to be the fight. It has to be. It has to be. It's, it's, there's so many fights to make, but that's, gonna, that's the big one. And I'm just worried. I'm more too worried about just if I had anything to worry about is maybe Terrence Crawford's size because Earl Spence is a big boy at 147. That's, that's where that power is coming in. Now, how did you get into mixed martial arts? I got picked on a bunch growing up and just kind of to raise my, um, my self-esteem more so. feel good about myself. Got picked on a lot in high school. Growing up, so it was like right when I got out of high school, I kind of was watching my cousins. They took me to a um, like a local MMA event back home. Uh, the Super Brawl days. It was a Super Brawl. Uh, Fallen Nico Vitale fought Masanori Suda. So it was like a big promotion back in the day. I mean, we've had kind of any and everybody come and fight in Hawaii at one point when there was the other premier shows when UFC wasn't the only guy only talking the town. You know what I mean? When we had when we had Shuto and had pride and had all these other different organizations who had solid guys and solid talent so we had some good guys come over but um i had watched the i had watched my first one right there and then i was watching those guys was like man if you want to protect yourself you can learn this and you should be okay outside on the street 
And honestly, I kind of went to the gym for the wrong reasons. Like, pretty much just to learn how to fight on a street. My trainers then put me into, like, one of my first fights, and probably I was real reluctant on fighting. I didn't even know if I really wanted to fight. But I just – I kind of did, but I wasn't too confident in how I would do. I knew that as training went on throughout this year, because it was about a year I was training for my very first fight, like, coming in there from just total fresh – green guy didn't know a jab didn't know a cross didn't know how to a single double nothing I didn't know anything so they kind of brought me up all the way from ground zero and uh, I started to do okay in some of the sparrings and helping some of the guys get ready for fights so then you know one thing led to another Um, my first fight I, I, I won by knockout second one I won by TKO third one I won I won by knockout and I just kept doing the same thing and I don't know we're like 11 fights 11 fights between amateur and pro right now so we just kept we just kept going and it kept kept doing good and kept enjoying it now you said you were you were picked on you were bullied how many street fights do you think you have been in that i lost i don't really call them street fights it's probably me just getting beat up maybe a quarrel uh i don't know uh probably got my ass beat like real good probably like four times probably like good like one time my eye was swollen shut. So at least one thing I knew, like at least I could take a at least I could take a punch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, man, it was you know, like um I was raised Jehovah Witness and stuff like that. My parents are still Jehovah Witness and um just some of the things that um like, you know, go and go and find the authorities or go and tell the teacher and things like that and sometimes those rules don't really apply, you know? Especially in, in those kind of settings in school. So I had to find out the hard way. You know, you live and you learn, and you just try to progress from where you are. That's all you can do. Now, it seems like a lot of mixed martial artists were bullied growing up, and now most of those guys are the, you know, the most savage people walking the planet. How long, how long would you say you were bullied? Just throughout high school? Or did it go back further? Probably around there. Yeah, this is like high school, maybe intermediate. Maybe a little bit of like eighth grade, but yeah. We'll say. Nah, you know what? It was kind of off and on. That was the reason and the initial for fighting, you know? You know, it's like you go through stages in your life. That was the first thing that got me into this. It's like everybody bullied me, bullied me, bullied me. And I was always like, because um, like I said, just it was instilled in my brain not to fight back, just to do this, like the total exact opposite. I was raised my entire life, you know? So, yeah, I probably got uh, bullied in elementary and stuff. You know how kids are, but not nothing like in like, when I got older where they could actually do physical damage to your body. And then, you know, when you get older, it stings a little bit more as a, as a young man, you know, because you start to develop pride. You, st- you start to develop certain things as a male. It, was, it got a little bit tougher, so I could figure out how I kind of forgot about that. But like I say, going through stages of life, it's kind of been so long since I've been bullied. I don't really know. It's like I have to find different reasons to keep me motivated for fighting now. But, yeah, it happened a lot, you know what I mean? But, uh, like I said, almost not like I'll forget about that. I always kind of feel that sometimes. But, like I said, I'm so far from that part of my life now, you know what I mean, that I, I don't even know, man. I'm looking at fighting some of the best guys in the world now, and I'm looking at taking them all out. So I don't even look at it as a victim or a bully no more because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to victimize those guys. So I'm kind of so far away from that. I'm more so just in – trying to just do everything I possibly can in this sport until and 
when I can look back when I hang things up and it's I'm just stoked on it, you know? Yeah. Now what was the what was the first MMA fight you ever saw? Um, that was going back to that's what got me into it and it was like, um, oh I wanna train that so then I know I can fight with the guys on the street. <laughs> um, because you know, it was, it was everything, knockouts, takedowns, kicking, punches, knees, elbows, everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know what date that was, but it was when Masanori knocked out, um, I mean, um, Nico, Nico Vitale, he knocked out Masanori Hududa. It was Super Bowl something, something, something. I forget which number it was, but Nico, Nico Vitale, I ended up actually, that was one of my trainer, training partners and trainers for a long time. Um, he fought a bunch of top guys back in the day too. He fought Matt Lindland in the UFC. He knocked him out. He was, he, he suplexed him on his head and slammed him and and knocked him out, um, fought Yushin Okami, fought Robbie Lawler twice, and he's fought the best of the best, you know what I mean, in Bellator, and in, um, was it Bellator, did he fought that one in, yeah, he fought, what's the guy that came over, and now he's not in the UFC anymore, oh, stocky 185-er, I forget, but he fought a bunch of guys like that, but that was the very first event that I ever saw, in, and it was in Hawaii, but yeah, a lot of top guys, a lot of tough guys. Now, you've trained with many former and current champions. I'm going to name a few, and I want you to tell me how your experience was training with them. Now, you trained with uh, Max Holloway. How was that experience? Oh, Max is it's crazy. There's levels to it, especially in the like, stand-up. There's levels. Just his whole mind and just the pressure that he can put on you, the pace that he can put on you. And like I said, this is his mind about fighting. He's very cerebral, very smart. I probably haven't been around somebody who thought about fighting and stand-up and things of that nature, you know what I mean? How, how common, collective, and just, you know, the hardest thing I think about this job is to put all the things that you know in your brain and actually having been the ability to think and decipher when and which way and how to move and all of these things. And so he, he figures all that out. He just starts to pick up on everything that you do, and then before you know it, damn, it's, it's turning into a landslide. He's whooping your ass. <laughs> it starts out like oh it's okay and then before damn four minutes fuck when's this round over it's like he starts to get going on you the more the time goes and he can start creating patterns and setting traps it's very cerebral it's a very underrated part that i don't think a lot of people see him super fucking smart okay what about uh benson henderson one of the most mind strong guys i've ever met a guy that really leads by example he doesn't talk about it he bees about everything that comes out of his mouth Hundred percent. What about uh, Rob Emerson? <laughs> Rob's a he's a fucking fireball. <laughs> Rob gets <laughs> Rob gets after it. That's not an easy round for sure. Rob's a fucking vet in this. He's been fighting fucking almost like fifteen years, more than half of my life. He's been fighting. I remember I was in high school watching Rob fight on UFC. So Rob's a badass and uh, just just a veteran. Great stand up. Fireball, he'll get in there and get into a fist fight with you if you want it. Real veteran of the sport. He's got a lot of tricks. He picked up a lot of tricks of the trade in the last 15 years that he's been fighting professional. A lot of tricks of the trade. Oh, yeah. How long have you been training at the MMA lab? Mm, well, like four and a half, almost five years now, I guess. Well, how many gyms did you try out before deciding to go to the MMA lab? I guess I tried them out, but I knew I was coming here for that. I just had to – when. Um, this guy that I had known coach, well, they know this is a good friend of coach, um, Santino DeFranco. He had kind of got me in over here, but I had like bounced around a little bit when I came from Hawaii to EZ. Um, we went to like um, Fight Ready and ACS, a bunch of other local gyms around here, but um, I kind of already 
you know, you do inquire about it. Like, why is this guy the champion still to this day? Benson's the longest reigning 155 champion in UFC history. You did want to, and I and I wanted to see if I could hang with those guys, you know, in a sparring, you know, in a whatever, in a whatever setting it was. Could I, could I hang and handle with those guys? Because uh, I don't, I'm not in it to waste my time. Like I told you, that's one of my most, that that's one of my biggest fears is waste of time because you never get it back. And I'm not gonna invest tons of time into something that honestly, you know. If you're not good in it, no matter how hard you work, if you don't have some type of talent or some type, you know what I mean? Talent don't win everything for sure, but you have to have a certain baseline to work with. If you're not that good in it, you know what I mean? You're not that good in it. <laughs> Say if Michael, you know what I mean? What if Michael Jordan would have spent all those hours um, in baseball instead of basketball? Do you think he would be that good? And I'm not too sure about that. Uh, you know what I mean? But. His athletic prowess, plus his hard work, and his blue collar mentality, and he and his competitive drive were the things that separated him from everybody else. But he still had the ability to jump from the free throw line. Let's not forget that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on now. Like he still was a freaking. He was a freak. There's a lot of, but that's what the, but to. To go along with that, how many guys did not have the same athletic skills as Michael Jordan that didn't even achieve close to the stature he did? That's what separates. Everybody's going to be good in what they do. and they're, You know what I mean? But then that's when you start separating people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now, who's played the biggest role in your skill development? I can't even put it on one person. It's everybody from all my training partners to all my coaches to, to my team. Yeah, just I can't even put it on one person, just the team around me I got. From reading solid books to strengthening my mind. Cause you know it's it's not just about it's not just about fighting, you know what I mean? It's like I said, the biggest thing is that I give a testament to, like with Max and, and Benson is their mind. I don't to be honest, you know what I mean? They're not the most skilled guys in the room. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Don't get don't get me wrong. They're highly, highly, highly skilled, highly skilled. But there's guys with actual more talent than them. They kick harder, that punch harder, that run faster, that jump higher. But there's intangibles that make things different. So, and that's when it goes between what's between the ears. And that's why I say like, uh, it's not just not just the moves that you're learning. It's the it's the mental that you're picking up. Benson's helped me a lot with that. Guys suggest good books and just uh really picking the minds of guys and vets like Rob Emerson, like you said, and, ha and talk, having nice, good talks with Crouch and my boxing coach, Allen. And you know what I mean? Talking to my boy, John Moraga, about things and just being with them on fight week and, and everything. Because you know the skills and all the moves. You can just pick their mind all day for that. That's going to come. But just the intangibles of what you can't see, that, to me, that's like it's kind of irreplaceable. But that's kind of what my team does. And that's... I would say the biggest – they've all had an equal amount of share in, in my progress as a martial artist. Okay. Now, if there was an up-and-coming fighter that you wanted to help him with the mental aspect and giving him a clear mind, what book would you recommend to them? Probably that unbeatable mind. My boy, um, Tim Welch and uh, Henry Corrales, they were reading it, and I was looking for a good read during camp. Because uh, I like to read a lot, especially during camp. Yeah, that was that one by Mark Diven. I have to look that one up. I haven't read this one, actually. 
pretty good one. Um, another book was pretty good. Um, Tim Grover's Relentless. He was like the strength and condition. He's like the um, strengthening coach or athletic coach. I don't know whatever the hell you want to call it, but for like Michael, Kobe, Dwayne, all those guys, all the top notch guys, Charles Barkley, everybody. Yeah, he was like the number one guy sought out from all the teams. So um, he, he he's a, another book. Um, those are a couple of my favorites right there right now. Now, how many fights do you have left on your LFA contract? Oh, I'm not signed with them. It's fight by fight. So right now you're free to go wherever the best deal is. Yes, sir. If Bellator came knocking right now with an offer you couldn't refuse, you're signing on the dotted line and we'll see you in Bellator. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I don't know. Depends. You know what? Honestly, for my bank account right now, we probably would. But there would definitely have to be a UFC clause in there. Because <laughs> honestly, like, uh, and it's just, just what I believe in. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody makes decisions for themselves, so I'm not, I'm not directing my comments toward anybody that has jumped ship, vice versa, from UFC to Bellator or Bellator the other way around. You know what I mean? Just for me, I feel the top talent is in the UFC, and it's always been there, you know? So I want to fight the best in the world, and I want to test myself against all of those guys. I got to go, go where all that's at. Okay, so with the top talent being in the UFC, if you could fight any lightweight on the UFC roster and if you win, you would take their roster spot, who would you fight? Right now with me, five fights deep. I don't know because there's a lot of guys I don't even know on the, um, on the list that I think I'll get them right now that I would win that fight. If you booked it six weeks, I would win it. I don't even, shit, I don't even know, honestly. Maybe a good stylistic matchup. Maybe like an Eddie Alvarez or somebody like that. Maybe somebody like that, just stylistically. I like the way I match up with a lot of those kind of guys like that. He likes to get into brawls, and I think I'd be able to snipe him. Just those kind of, just those kind of deals, you know what I mean? Any guys that, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's a good question. That's not a definitive answer. I would have to honestly. Honestly, I would, you're almost making me want to look at the rankings. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Hmm. Good question. Now, hey, at, at LFA 24 against Nick Chastain in the final round, you were in a deep triangle, kept your composure, got out, snapped on a knee bar for a comeback victory. Were you close to tapping at all? I thought about it. Things sure did raise in my mind, but it was an arm bar. He got the triangle, and then I got out of that, and he switched it to the arm bar. I thought about it for sure. It runs through your mind. I mean, I'm only human. Honestly, and I just, it was weird. I was just talking to my, um, my teammate about it. We were just talking about stuff, just talking about fighting. And uh, when I step in that cage, I'm kind of willing to die. It sounds kind of crazy, and yeah, it is. But I guess if I wasn't crazy in some form of way, I wouldn't be a fish fighter to pay my bills. You know what I mean? Maybe I'd be out here with a cable man or something. I don't know. In that moment in time, the bar is set so high for me, there is no quit. You're going to have to pull me on on a stretcher. doesn't matter anymore. Kind of thinking irrational. I don't want to go in there and get knocked out. Of course, I don't want to put myself in a reckless endangerment. But if you're going to get this win off me, I'm not unbeatable. I'm like any other man. You're going to work your ass off for it. <laughs> Ain't going to come easy to you. You know, that's, the, that's actually the best mentality to have. John Jones actually has the same mentality. So if you think back um, with his fight against Vitor, Vitor was going to have to break his arm because he was not going to tap. He, was not, he did not care. He had to rip his arm off. He was not going to tap. For sure. For sure. Once, once you snapped on that knee bar, what emotions were going through your mind knowing that it could have possibly went through a decision or 
maybe they could have got that tap, but you, you reversed it so quickly in the final minute. You know, the fight was very reminiscent to the Anderson Silva versus Chell Sonnen the first time they fought. I just knew. That's why I kept wrestling him up and kept trying to. I had went for a couple of stuff, and I tried to gather it, but he just did a good job of defending, and it was real slippery. But I was trying to lock up some foot locks on him. It was something that I felt that was going to be or leg locks. I thought it was going to be available for me. Um, I've been hitting a lot of knee bars in practice as well. That's just been kind of something. Come. I would be more of a jiu-jitsu guy than a wrestler. I'm, I've never wrestled a day in my life. Never. So with that being said, I, I – I kind of just learned it, MMA wrestling. So it's a little different. I just knew that maybe because he's a Muay Thai guy and he hasn't fought a lot of MMA, I definitely was going to have to test out his ground. But I, I knew that when I locked something up on him, for sure I was going to get it. I just had that confidence in my jiu-jitsu. Like whether it be a, a guillotine or a rear naked or I don't really know what it was going to be. But uh, I knew when I get a chance, I'm going to lock it up, and they're probably going to take it home with me. That was just something that I, I knew for a fact. If I sent something up and then the knee bar was just there, he never even seen it coming, but I was already looking on that one, you know what I mean? Just like I said, I've, done a, I've caught, a, caught a few knee bars in the gym. So I like, I like that. And uh, I just had the confidence of I knew when I locked something up on him, he's going to get it whenever it is. But I even thought, too, that I thought I won that fight, period, even if I didn't get the knee bar. I thought I won that. Well, yeah, I thought I won that fight. I was in trouble a little bit with the arm bar and triangle, but at no point in time was he ever in an advantageous position. Never. He was on his back, yeah, a majority of the fight. And I didn't do that bad in the striking as well. If you go back to the tape, I was catching him with punches on the third to open it up. So I don't, I don't really re – and I don't even recall how Pat Militech gave him that first round. I thought that shit was crazy. I should have brought that shit up the last time when we were doing an interview. How the fuck did you give Nick Chastain that round? <laughs> I was thinking about that shit. I was talking about it the other day. And was, or not the other day, but just a while back. And I was like, how the fuck did they give him that? What? For a couple elbows to my fucking shoulders? What? Yeah, that just goes to show Pat Militich is human. Yeah. Yeah, so I was a little tripping on that. But I thought for sure we had won that fight regardless. But me... Um, you know, fighting shows something to yourself. It shows you who you are, really inside, and that's what I kind of like about it too. It reveals you to you. You may think you you may think you're something until <laughs> shit's about to go wrong, or or just you never know. You never know. But uh, fighting reveals your inner self. What's really inside of you? Not talking about just being a tough guy, but being aggressive, maybe being passive aggressive, maybe you're real, real, real relaxed when things go to wire, maybe you get real panicky, maybe, I don't know, but it shows all those things about you, I, don't, I like it. Now, I want to get your prediction on two fights, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz, who do you got winning those fights? I got Dustin. I feel pretty good that he's going to probably bop up Nate. Nate's too slow. And, uh, yeah, Nate's just too slow. <laughs> and Dustin Poirier, he's, he's on the up right now. You know what I mean? He's doing good. He's been active. He's been beating tough guys. Besides Connor, I don't even remember the last time Nate Diaz beat a top five guy. Honestly. 
before he took that short notice fight and everybody's I do understand him as a businessman, but I don't really recall you beating top guys when before Connor, you know? And even then the Connor fight wasn't even at lightweight. Oh yeah, yeah, the very first one. Uh, the weight didn't really bother me at all just because I mean Nate's not a Nate's not a real one seventy guy either. Yeah, he's not. he's not a real one seventy. So had it been Nick, it would have been different. Now I understand. Now I like different, you know what I mean? But uh, the weight thing, it never – so uh, not big on Nate. But the, uh, Khabib and Connor, it's honestly where the fight goes to, you know what I mean? And everybody's like, oh, well, he fought Chad Mendes. I think Chad Mendes's wrestling is better than Khabib's. I do not think his grappling is better than Khabib's. Khabib Merckx, his takedowns half the time look like shit. But fuck, his grappling and his, his wrist rides and his tight waists and all his shit when he hits the ground is ridiculous. His control is ridiculous on the ground. So I don't, if it really can get there, I can see Connor defending the takedowns and staying at range and probably getting a first-round knockout over Khabib. But if Khabib can get him to the ground, it's just kind of where the fight ends up. I'm not sure if Connor's going to be able to get up unless he stops that first initial shot. And if he can, it does, then I'll be a little surprised. I mean, he's got a good jiu-jitsu guy and that Dylan Danis guy. I don't really watch a lot of jiu-jitsu, but I know who he is. And I know that he's real legit in jiu-jitsu. So that's the guy he trains a bunch with and rolling around with and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Khabib does different shit to people. And his ground and pound and everything. But we have seen guys like Barbosa. Well, Barbosa did get the car beat off him, though. So I can't <laughs> really – he did get beat down. But he lasted. He lasted. And it wasn't like a Michael Johnson where they're telling him to give up. More so with um, that Aliquanta fight. So that one, you know what I mean? It was like, damn, he looks human like shit. He couldn't even take him down right there. But – but the thing was, he had him. He had um, Iaquinta so like mentally stuck on. I gotta sit low and be all awkward to where you can't even throw punches and do what you want to do because we're making it so he can't go where he wants to go in the fight. So you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And I think Connor's striking is way past Al <laughs> Iaquinta to say the least. You know what I mean? That left hand. That's a sniper. Oh, yeah. Now, is your management team, are they currently working on a fight for you? I know you're a free agent, but. Yeah, we're probably looking in there to get in there um, either by the end of September or probably October for sure. All right. Now, how can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? Um, just Instagram, my last name, Diggs808. Same thing at uh, Twitter. Keone Diggs on Facebook. Well, I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today, and I hope to see you in the cage soon. Hopefully, we'll see you in September. All right. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it, Eric. All right. That'll wrap up today's show with Keone Diggs. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, peace.